Good morning and welcome to the River of Life Sunday Morning Podcast. If you're local to Wakulla County, we'd love to see you and worship with you in person. May God bless you and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Hey, this morning uh, I want to talk to you about uh, prayer and the title of the message is When You Pray. Now, uh, before I share this with you, we've been praying for a long time uh, to get things back to, to normal around here, if that's possible. For almost a year, we've not had Wednesday night services. This coming Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, we'll have services right here at the Dome. Now, a lot will be going on. There will be teaching in the worship center. There will be life groups. There will be children. There will be youth. I don't even know everything that's going on, but please make plans, if you possibly can, to be here this Wednesday night. A few years ago, my wife and I sat down to eat, and I noticed my wife starting to eat before the blessing, which, which was not like her at all. And I looked at her, and I said, kind of condescendingly, are we going to say a blessing, darling? And that was when she looked at me and started laughing, which I thought was a strange response to my statement. And then she said, yes, we are. We are going to say a blessing. In fact, we did say a blessing. In fact, you were the one who said the blessing. (laughs) I had said the blessing two or three minutes earlier, and I couldn't even remember that I'd said the blessing. I went through the motions of praying. Now, Now listen, that's a good habit to be in. Praying at any time is a good habit to be in. But we all agree on this, don't we? It should be more than that. It should be deeper than that. It should be more meaningful than that. Now, if you've been around church very long, you've probably come across some statements like this. There's power in prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayer will change your life. Prayer is the most uh, powerful force on planet Earth. Every problem is a prayer problem. You pray, problem solved. More prayer equals more power. Now the problem with that is, and by the way, I've said all of those things, but the problem with those statements is this. They're not necessarily true. That's not necessarily the truth. You, You see... Prayer is far more complicated than that. One of the things that we have a tendency to do as Christians in the modern day church is bypass all kinds of truth to get to a place where we're comfortable. The Bible has a great deal to say about prayer. The kind of prayer that works. The kind of prayer that's effective. The kind of prayer that brings heaven down to earth. The kind of prayer... It moves heaven and earth. For instance, we're told in one verse of Scripture that we're to pray in His name. And I believe with all my heart that means more than just saying, I ask this in Jesus' name. 
just spouting out a request and say, I ask this in Jesus' name. No, in the Bible, names were significant. Names had to do with character. And, and, and to pray in his name is more than just saying that. It may have something to do with another passage of Scripture that says if we want our prayers answered, we have to abide in him. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will want and it'll be done for you. <clears throat> so it's more than just saying a prayer, isn't it? <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it's, it's more than just going through the motions. We have to pray in his name. We have to abide in him. Did you know one scripture says that if you want your prayers answered, you have to pray according to his will? You have to take some time before you pray. <clears throat> I knew the one Sunday that I didn't bring water up here, I'd need it. Thank you, brother. So what that means is before you pray, you have to take time to figure out what the will of God is. Well, how in the world do you do that? I can give you some ideas. You can get in the word. That'll tell you what his will is. You can listen to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> you, can, you can spend time before the Lord... And try to figure out what his will is. I got all ideas that if the Lord tells us to pray according to his will, he will reveal his will to us if we really want to know what his will is. <clears throat> One passage of scripture says that your prayers will be answered if you're praying from the vantage point of an obedient lifestyle that's pleasing to him. I'm not making any of this up. If you keep my commandments and you please him, the scripture says your prayers will be answered. I, I'm just saying this is more complicated. Another passage of scripture says if we pray in agreement with other believers who also believe, our prayers become more powerful. And then one, another passage of scripture says <clears throat> that if we're willing to deny ourselves food and fast and give up food for a few days, there's some prayers that won't be answered without fasting. You see, friends, when we tell people all you need to do is pray, we're bypassing truth that may be leading people down a pathway that will not bless them and it will not help them. And it won't change anything. Uh, a while back, I, I wrote something down, and I feel like this is a good time for me to share it with you. It's entitled, Beware of the Easy Gospel. I'm going to read this so I don't mess it up. If we're not careful, we can make Christianity so easy that it's totally ineffective and maybe not even Christianity at all. We sometimes say all you have to do is pray this prayer and you will be saved. But Jesus didn't make it that easy. He said, go sell all that you have and come follow me. That's not easy. He said, if you're willing to lose your life, you will find your life. That's not easy. In fact, you'll be hard-pressed to find any saying of Jesus in the Gospels that's easy. Love your enemies and pray for them. Anybody think that's easy? Do good for those who hate you. Let's have a testimonial service this morning. Would you please come forward and share what you did good for somebody that hated you last week? It'll be a short one, won't it? Bless those who curse you. You see, when we take all the difficult parts out of Christianity and make it easy, then we have created a Christianity that looks like the rest of the world. It has no power, it has no witness, and it has no good end. 
Now, back to prayer. I told you that this morning I would share with you the most important aspect of prayer, the most important component of prayer. The one thing that's absolutely necessary for our prayers to get from our lips to the throne of God. By the way, how many of you think you know what it is? Hold your hand up if you think you know what it is. All right, you can tell me later if you got it right. Here it is. Believing, trusting, faith. That's the one thing you have to have. You have to have believing, trusting faith when you pray. Prayer without it is nothing. You can pray night and day. You can go to bed praying. You can wake up praying. You can pray all day long. You can pray as long as you want to. But friends, if you don't have faith, if you don't believe, it's nothing. Jesus said of the Pharisees of his day, they think they will be heard for their many words. No. No. You see, friends, praying without believing is wasting your time. It's wishful thinking out loud. You may have the ability to pray the most beautiful prayer of anybody in the church. But if you don't believe, and it's not founded on faith, then friends, you're just sounding good. That's all you're doing. And it won't accomplish anything. I'm telling you that the more, it's more than just saying a prayer. Prayer has to connect you with God. It has to take you from where you are to where he is. It has to open the channel, if you please, so that heaven can come down to where you are. And the only thing that will work is believing. When you pray, you have to believe. It is an absolute requirement. And I've gone back and checked my own prayer life. I think sometimes I'm just going through the motions. Sometimes I'm just saying the prayers rather than connecting. When you pray, you have to believe. Mark eleven twenty four says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You understand? You have to believe. When you go to God with a request, you have to believe that you have received it before you receive it, in order to receive it. You have to believe. A.W. Tozer said, Men may and often do pray without faith, though this is not true prayer. You see, if it's not based on faith, it's not true prayer. He went on to say, Whatever God can do, faith can do. And whatever faith can do, prayer can do. When it is offered in faith, you have to have faith. An invitation to prayer is therefore an invitation to omnipotence. For prayer engages the omnipotent God and brings him into our human affairs. Nothing is impossible to the man who prays in faith. Just as nothing is impossible with God. This generation has yet to prove all that prayer can do for believing men and women. When you pray, do you really believe? Well, I tell you what, things get exciting 
when you really believe. By the way, I want to encourage you, please don't ever trust in prayer. You may not have ever heard a statement like that from the pulpit, but I think it will help you. Don't ever trust in prayer. Put your trust in the Lord and use prayer to get you from where you are to where He is. That's what you should trust in. You you see, prayer that does not connect you with the Lord is not prayer at all. And there's no such thing as being connected to the Lord apart from belief. You have to believe. You can't get saved without believing. You can't walk with God without believing. You can't have your prayers answered without believing. You'll never see and experience the miraculous hand of God on your life until you come to the point that you believe. Believing precedes the seeing and the experiencing. Let me give you one of the clearest passages in the Bible, James 1, 5 through 8. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask, we're talking about prayer now, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Friends, lukewarm won't work with God. Half-hearted won't work with God. Being double-minded won't work with God. Being wishy-washy won't work. Being hot and cold and up and down won't work. The only thing that works with God is belief. And it's a wonderful thing because by doing that, God has put us all on the same level. All you have to do is believe. And when you believe, things begin to happen. I'm telling you, that the moment you start believing, the impossible becomes possible. In Mark 9, 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, read this last part with me, all things are possible to him who believes. Wow. If all things are possible to him who believes, then nothing is impossible what the scripture teaches us and not only that the moment you really start believing and I, and I, I I believe the church with all my heart is a sleeping giant right now if we could stir up the saints of God across this nation and bring them to the point of believing what God's word says we can make a difference in this nation things can be turned around quickly The moment you start believing the impossible becomes possible. The moment you start believing the glory of God comes into view. You begin to see the glory of God. Listen, John 11, 40. I love this verse. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Oh, I love these worship services. I I love the praise and worship that goes on on this stage. And by the way, for those of you who are watching this from home, uh, you don't get the praise and worship part of it. We look forward to the day you can be back with us here in this worship center. It is absolutely awesome. Uh, But friends, I want to tell you, 
that what's going on here in this church is nothing compared to what will go on in your life when you start believing. Believing is amazing. Wow. Jesus also taught in another place that the believing prayer of faith is so powerful it can move mountains. And Jesus said that because he wanted us to believe. He wanted us to know that miracles take place when you put your faith and trust in God. Miracles. I, I want to ask you, because I know where I stand on this, do you want to live in a world where the impossible becomes possible? Do you want to live in a world where you can see the glory of God on a regular basis? Do you want to live in a world where mountains get moved and miracles take place and things happen for which there is no other explanation except God did it? Man, I want that. And I think the church is in danger of losing all of that. In the last days, we're told that there will be perilous times. It'll be difficult times. And one of the things that it tells us is, is that people will have a form of godliness, but they will deny the power therein. I don't want to be that person, do you? I don't want to be that church, do you? I want to be a church that believes when we pray. There are many other things in the Bible, and I certainly won't cover all of them when it comes to prayer. And there are a lot of guidelines, but friends, unbelief will separate us from God. And prayer does not work in unbelief. I read the story a few days ago about five teenagers in high school. They were all Christians. And they were concerned because they had lost friends. And these five teenagers got together and they said, what can we do? And one of them came up with an idea. and said, why don't we make a list of uh, our friends that we know need to get saved? And so each one of them made a list. And then they agreed to pray, meet and pray the next week. And this is what they prayed for. They were very intentional and they were very specific. They prayed for God to create an awareness in all the names they had written down that they needed the Lord and they needed salvation. That was all they prayed for that first week. The, the second week, they prayed for God to give them the opportunity to share the gospel with them. The third week, they got together and they prayed and they said, okay, Lord, we're ready. We're asking for your Holy Spirit to be with us and we're going to go out and we're going to share the gospel. And the man that wrote that story I just read said that week, the third week, 15 teenagers got saved and turned their lives over to the Lord. Five teenagers decided prayer really does work. And if you believe and you pray and you trust God and you step out on faith, it will work. Five teenagers, five teenagers got out there and did more than the average church in America is doing right now. How sad. Oh, friends, if you want to pray for something in this church, then pray. Pray that faith, trust, believing will rise up. One of my favorite evangelists of old, you've heard me talk about him many times, named Manly Beasley. Manly Beasley told a story. I heard him tell this story. 
He said he went to preach a revival and said just about everywhere he ever went, people got saved and things happened. But he said that he went to one church and nothing happened. Nobody was getting saved. No lives were being changed. Nobody coming to the altar. Two or three nights he was into the revival and nothing. Then he said about four or five nights into the revival, he got up and preached. He said it seemed like every other night. But he said the invitation was given, the altar filled up. One by one, people started coming forward and getting saved and trusting the Lord. They, they started crying out to the Lord. People were weeping at the altar. And he, uh, he told the pastor after the service, he said, That's, this is strange. I've never seen anything quite like this. What happened? What did you do? What happened? The pastor said, I didn't do anything. Well, somebody's got to know. Something broke. Something broke in the spirit realm. Something changed the atmosphere of these, of these revival services. Something happened. He said, while he was standing there talking to the pastor, a woman walked up and said, I've got a story to tell you. She said, last night after the revival, she said, my little fifth grade daughter was so burned about nobody being saved. That when we got home, this mother said, her daughter said, Mom, would you mind if I don't go to bed at the regular time tonight? Would you mind if I go into my room, kneel down by my bed, and just pray that God will begin to move? She said, no, honey, that would be absolutely awesome. And she said, after you pray, get ready for bed and and get a good night's sleep. You've got school tomorrow. The mother told Manly Beasley and the preacher, that when she went in the next morning to wake her daughter up, she was still in the same clothes she went to church in. She was still on her knees. She was still praying. She was still crying out to God. She had prayed all night long. And the power of God came down. And souls got saved and lives got changed. There was a breakthrough. One little fifth grader trusted God. Can you imagine what would happen if an entire church did something like that? I'll tell you one more story that uh, I love by Manly Beasley. He said he was preaching in one church and he was preaching on believing and he was preaching on faith and trusting the Lord. And he said um, after the service, the, uh, uh, a young girl, she was engaged to be married, but her fiancé wasn't there. And she came up and she told him, she said, I am under such conviction I have never prayed in faith. I've asked you to save. I've asked the Lord to save my fiance, but I've never really prayed believing. I've never really prayed in faith. And he said, well, honey, you need to start doing that. He thought that was it. But she said, well, I have made up my mind. I'm going to do that. And she said, this is what I'm going to do. She said, I'm going to get on my knees at this altar and I'm not going to get off my knees until God saves my fiance. He said, so... So you're going to stay here? She said, you said to trust God. I'm going to get out there on faith, and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to get on my knees here at this altar. He looked at the pastor. He said, you want to stay with us for a while? And the pastor said, yes. And so the light is on, the church. Church service is over. 30 minutes, she's still crying. She's still praying. An hour later, she's still crying. She's still praying. She's, she's pouring her heart out to God. She says, God, I believe. I've never really believed that you'd save him. Now I believe. And 
Manly Beasley and the pastor were thinking about, okay, how do we, how do we fix this situation? This is really, this is really difficult. How do we convince her that she's going about it the wrong way? You just can't put God on the spot like that. And he said, before they could figure out what to do, a young man walked down the aisle and got on his knees right beside her and started praying, Lord, would you please save me? Would you please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior? He said, after we found out what had happened, she had a date that night after church. He showed up at her house. She was not there. He started worrying that she had had an accident or something, and he knew she was supposed to be coming from the church. He made his way back to the church. The lights were on. He stood at the back door and heard her crying out for his salvation, got under conviction, and got saved. You say, way, 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 pastor. That's dangerous. Saying things like that may cause people to do foolish things. Friends, can I tell you what's dangerous and foolish? For the church to settle into a powerless existence where God is not moving and we're not trusting God to do the miraculous and the powerful. We're not trusting God to move like he can move. That's foolish. That's tragic. Oh, friends, I'll tell you another story. In fact, I'm just going to tell you stories until my time runs out. (laughs) Now, my sister-in-law, Pat Jones, can tell this story better than I can. And so please, if you get a chance, ask her to tell you this story. Uh, My brother Merwin and Pat realized one night that their little, I think she was about three or four years old, uh, one of their daughters was, uh, was sick. And her fever kept going up. And so they took her to the hospital. And even at the hospital, bathing her in ice and everything, they couldn't stop her fever from going up. And finally, the doctor came out and said, her fever is just too high. She's at 108.7. And the doctor said, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but we fear that we're going to lose her. And if she lives, more than likely, there will be brain damage. My sister-in-law picked up the phone and called me and said, will you pray? Now, she called a lot of other people too, but she called me and said, will you pray? And I said, yes. And and back in those days, we had a prayer warrior in Wakulla County, the greatest prayer warrior I've ever known, O.G. Hall. She said, call Brother Hall. I remember calling Brother Hall. And I said, Brother Hall, my little niece is at death's door. I said, her fever's too high. Doctors say they may lose her. And I said, Brother Hall, will you pray? And he said, yes, I will pray. I'll start praying immediately. And then I did something real foolish. I was a young preacher in those days. I did something real foolish. I said, well, Brother Hall, I haven't spoken to you in a while. I said, how's Miss Hall doing? And he scolded me. He said, son, we don't have time to talk about stuff like that. We have a child. Her life is hanging in the balance. We don't talk about something else. And then Brother Hall said to me that, he said, he said, Henry, I'm going to get on my knees. And he said, I'm going to start praying for that child. And he said, I will not get off my knees until God heals her. And he said, so the moment you get the good news. Now, wait, how, what do you mean the moment you get the good news? The moment you get the good news, you call me. And that's when I'm going to get up off my knees. Now, he was already an old man in those days. And I thought, wow. And we hung up. 
And about 15, 20 minutes later, my sister-in-law called me. She said, the doctors can't explain it. They don't know what's happening, but her fever is dropping drastically. It's just, it's, it's plummeting. It's coming, coming down. I picked up the phone and I called Brother Hall. I said, Brother Hall, I said, she's going to be okay. I said, her fever just dropped miraculously. Actually, the doctor said, we have no idea why her fever dropped all of a sudden. She's an adult. She lives in the county. She's beautiful. And she's a testimony. No damage whatsoever. She's a testimony of that kind of prayer, that believing prayer. By the way, who does that? Who does what he did? Who says, okay, I'm going to pray and I won't move? I got to tell you, friends, I think we're afraid to put God on the spot because we really don't believe God can handle the situation. Oh, goodness. We need to pray. So, some, of you, uh, some of you remember Brother P.S. Woody in Wakulla County, don't you? He was an old preacher when I was just getting started. And, and what, a, what a man of God Brother P.S. Woody was. And he and his wife came to visit us on one occasion. And uh, Mrs. Woody sat in our living room and she told us a story. She said, back during the last part of the Depression... She said, we, we couldn't hardly keep enough food. And, and she said, one day my husband came home. Now, Brother Woody was sitting right there listening to her. said, my husband came home and he brought a family with him. And he said, uh, Mama, I have invited them to eat supper with us. She said she didn't tell him that uh, they didn't even have enough food in the house to feed the two of them. And she said... Okay. And Ms. Woody said that she got up, she went in the kitchen, she was cooking on a wood stove now. She said she got the wood and she put it in the stove and she, she started the fire and she backed away from that stove and said she got down on her knees and she said, Lord... You said you would meet all of our need according to your riches and glory. I believe you're a faithful God. I believe you know what's going on in my house right now. And God, I have built the fire to cook the food. Now, Father, I need you to provide the food. She looked at me and she said, Henry, I heard a knock on the door. She said, there was a little boy standing at my back door, the kitchen door said he had two bags of groceries and said he looked at her and said, my mama said, God told me to send you some food right now. And she said she put those bags on the table and said everything she took out was just exactly what she needed to cook that meal. She said the whole time they were eating, she said Brother Woody was looking at her thinking, where'd you get this food? (laughs) We haven't been eating like this in in, in in a long, long time. Oh, friends, I'm asking you, where is your faith? Are you believing when you pray? When you pray, do you believe? I need a chair. I want to tell you, there's several different ways to pray. One way is an intellectual prayer. You just know how to pray. You know the words to say. It's just intellectual. It's just all in your head. And by the way, intellectually, I know that chair can hold me up. But I'm asking you, is that chair holding me up? 
I believe it. I believe it can hold me up. Is it holding me up? You can believe mentally and intellectually that God will do something and it'll have no effect. By the way, if I were to stand here for 24 hours and look at that chair, I could get real emotional about that chair holding me up. My, my legs would begin to quiver. I, I could want that chair to hold me up and be so emotional about it. I, I hear people praying in their heads, and I know I've done it sometimes, and sometimes I pray emotionally. The Bible says the demons tremble and believe. But that chair, I, intellectually, I know it will, but it's not. I, I could long for it, but it's still not. You, you see... That chair will not hold me up until it turns into real, genuine faith, trust, and belief to the point that I say, okay, I know it'll hold me up, but it's not holding me up. I want it to hold me up, but it's still not holding me up. That chair won't hold me up until I trust it and I sit in it and I cast myself upon the glory of God. By the way, I just may start preaching just like this. This, feel, this feels pretty good. This feels good. Oh, friends. Uh, the other day, uh, I was praying about something that I'd prayed about many, many, many times. Many times I'd prayed about it. And, uh, or, <laughs> or maybe I had done more whining than praying. And, but nothing had happened. It was, it was something that was annoying me. It was something that was bothering me. It, it was something that was stealing my joy. It, it was, uh, an irritation. And I prayed about it many times and nothing was working. Nothing was working. And now sometimes those of you who teach and preach, you know what I'm talking about. And then I started thinking about what I'm preaching about today. And then I thought, well, Lord, enough of this. I, I'm going to just trust you. And friends, I, I was in my car and I was driving by the courthouse uh, here in Wakala County. And, and I started saying, okay, Lord, I'm believing you right now. I'm going to believe you right now that this thing will be resolved. That you will help me somehow, some way to drive back the opposing powers of the enemy. God, I'm believing. Listen now. No more begging. Now I'll believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I was in front of the courthouse and I felt like shackles fell off me. I felt like my mind cleared. I felt like a bird out of prison. I, 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 I felt like this thing had fallen off on me. And, and I said right out loud, I said, I'm free. I'm free. This thing can't bother me anymore. I'm free. Took me a while to digest it. But I kind of felt like the Lord said, I was waiting for you to stop begging and start believing. By the way, if you want to put something on your webpage today, that's a good one. Real prayer begins when you stop begging and start believing. By the way, doesn't the Bible say God knows what you have need of even before you ask him? Doesn't it say that? What's the point of making a statement like that? It's not about listing a whole bunch of things. 
It's about getting before God and believing that he can, believing that he will, and confessing it with your mouth, casting yourself upon him. Oh, friends, it'll, it'll transform your prayer life. I've, I've got a little exercise that I've started doing, and uh, I want to recommend it to you. And what it is, is you just take scripture and just take the truth of that scripture and bring it into a belief situation. So uh, I'm going to ramble around a little bit, but you'll get the point. And I'm hoping you'll pick this up. Take a scripture, believe the scripture, and start believing the scripture. And, and so I've been praying like this. Actually, maybe this is maybe uh, uh, a prophetic prayer or or maybe a testimony. You know, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. But I've started praying like this. And every time I do, I just feel great. Lord, I believe. I believe in you, Lord. I, I believe you're a faithful God. I, I, I put my faith in you, the one and only faithful God. I believe everything your word says. I believe that they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Lord, I'm excited about that because I'm waiting on you. I believe you're going to heal this body. I believe you're going to renew my strength. I believe my last days are going to be better than my first days. Why would I believe something like that? Because you said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm waiting and I'm already feeling the renewing presence of the Holy Spirit. I believe it. Lord, your word says that you forgive sinners. And Lord, I believe you're forgiving me and cleansing me right now of all unrighteousness. I believe you're separating me from my sin as far as the east is from the west. I believe you're doing a work of righteousness and holiness in me because I believe in the power of the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. I'm a believer. Lord, I believe your word when it says all things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Lord, I believe that. I know I love you. I know you called me. I know I got saved. And therefore, I believe that everything that's going on in my world right now, somehow, some way, you're using it for good to bring glory to your name and to bring me right into the center of your will. I believe right now, Lord, that you are leading my steps. You're guiding my steps, that you're giving me the counsel of the Holy Spirit and wisdom to know what your word says. I believe you're giving me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. All I'm doing, folks, is just taking statements right out of the word and bringing it into my own life and saying, I believe. I don't understand it all, but I believe it all. I believe I've been living right on the fringes of the glorious promises of God. But God, I don't want to be on the fringes. I want to be right in the middle. I want to be right in the center of your glorious promises. And I believe you want me there, and therefore I believe you're moving me to the center. I have no confidence, Lord, in my flesh. I am weak and feeble and unstable. But, oh, God, I believe in you, the one true God, the one true creator of the universe. I believe nothing is too hard for you, and you can do all things according to your will. I believe, Lord, I believe. And sometimes I'll say this, Lord, I don't believe in my prayers. I don't believe in my prayers, but I pray anyway. And I come before you and I ask you, because I know you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. I believe that. And Father, I believe your word when it says you resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. Oh, Lord, I believe that. I believe grace is on my life. 
because I'm humbling myself before you. I am nothing without you. I'm completely undone, helpless, and destitute without you. I humble myself before you. And because I've done that, and because I'm doing that, and because I will continue to do that, I believe your grace will be upon my life. I believe it'll be on my marriage. I believe it'll be on my church. I believe it'll be on my family. I believe it'll be on my finances. I believe it'll be on every aspect of my life. Let me just throw one more scripture in there. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I believe miracles, signs, and wonders are about to happen in my church. I believe it, Lord. And the reason I believe it is because you said where two or three are gathered together in your name there, you in the midst of them... And Lord, I meet weekly with a group of people who are believers and you're increasing our faith and we are believing you. So Father, I believe that a multitude of souls are going to be saved. We believe, Lord. I, I, I believe, Lord, that there will be many more uh, physical healings because we believe together. You remember more power when we believe together. I believe in restoration. I believe in you bringing people back uh, from distant places and bringing them back right into the center of your will because we're asking for you to do that kind of stuff. I believe your glory will be manifested in our midst. I believe that. Oh, friends. I, when I pray like that, I know it's disjointed, but the focus is one thing. Me believing God. Do you believe? When you pray, do you believe? Would you bow with me in prayer? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I'm not trying to bypass all the other stuff in Scripture, but I'm telling you the one thing that makes all the difference is believing. I really, I really believe we should be seeing miracles. I believe we should be seeing healings. I believe we should be seeing restoration. I believe we should be seeing things that no man can take the credit for. But we won't see that until we believe. I'm asking you, do you believe? Here's what I want us to do. When we begin to sing, if the Lord's convicted you a little bit, because I've been convicted about this, if the Lord's convicted you, would you be willing to come get on your knees at this altar and say, Lord, I want to begin a journey right now, a journey to a place called faith, trust, belief. And I can't get there on my own, Lord. I want you to help me. Would you, would you move me in that direction? And just ask God and then believe that God's going to do that because that's his will. You remember the scripture said if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We know that's God's will. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you come? Let me pray with you. Today could be the day of salvation. If you believe in your heart that he's the son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins. If you believe that, you can be saved. Father, would you just bless right now that this will be a, a great step for us as a church right now as we move more and more toward radical faith, trust, and belief. In Jesus' name, amen.